Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate y'all tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page for the video version. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Or half an hour earlier, you can get the audio-only version on your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search T Watches a Scary Movie or Twasm to find the latest episode available for you all. But of course, the best way to stay up with everything is to get subscribed to the link tree. The link tree has links for the YouTube page for a few of the audio versions and all my other social media pages, including the TikTok, including the Twitter, including the Letterbox page where all my written reviews go up, and including the Facebook group page to where if you want to actually tune in for some of these movies, because we do watch parties every Wednesday night, and we are doing Saturday night watch parties right now too. Every uh, every two to three weeks, we're doing a late night watch party, um, and we've had some really good ones. But coming up, folks. Coming up, it's only a couple of weeks away, on Saturday, July 8th, I believe it is, we are doing our next annual all-nighter. That's right. This has been a staple of T Watches a Scary Movie since we've started years back now, and we're continuing on with that, but for the first time, we are doing the all-nighter on a weekend, so y'all don't have to feel like you're taking a weekday off for work or anything. You can actually tune in and see some great movies. We're going to be showing Evil Dead Rise. We're going to be showing Scream 6. We're going to be showing Renfield, uh, the, uh, the Outwaters. We're going to show Infinity Pool. We got some great movies for y'all coming up here so make sure that you're tuning in to the discord on saturday july 8th if you want to be a part of our all nighter this is number technically i think it's number six i want to say because i know we did uh we did two in 2021 we did one in 20 uh one in 2022 and we might have done one in 2020. I don't know. This is either five or six. I feel like it's six, though. But either way, y'all, it's another one coming up for you. Make sure you're tuning in. Get subscribed to the Facebook groups. So you can stay up on when all of that is happening. But tonight, we've got a great show for you in movie reviews. I'm going to be talking Brooklyn 4-5. But before we get to Brooklyn 4-5, we have some horror news for you. So we're just going to dive right on into things. It was announced just a few days ago that Linda Hamilton, yes, y'all know Linda Hamilton from uh, Terminator fame, of course, who played Sarah Connor, will be joining the cast of Stranger Things Season 5. This is amazing news, but we don't know what her role is going to be. Now, Stranger Things has not been uh, avoiding using those great stars of the 80s and of the 90s in their TV shows. We've seen Matthew Modine, we've seen Sean Astin, we've seen uh, Robert England uh, show up. Like We've had a lot of folks show up over the course of our four seasons of Stranger Things thus far, and Linda Hamilton shows that the Duffer Brothers are obviously not slowing down at all when it comes to guest stars to this amazing show. Now, of course, 
depending on what camp you fall in, you might be divided over whether or not you should be excited because we did have a lot of really good guest stars in uh, Stranger Things leading up to season four. But if you saw it, you saw Robert Unglund was not exactly used to the best of his ability on the show. Uh, the scene itself, I mean, it could have been anybody at that point. And I'm not complaining. It wasn't a bad scene at all. But when you got Freddy Krueger in your TV show, you just think you might use him just a little bit better than the way that they ended up utilizing him in season four of Stranger Things. So, uh, of course, we're not going to expect anything Terminator related out of Linda Hamilton in season five. After all, the show does center more on horror than it does on sci-fi. I say that knowing that the original Terminator is a horror movie. It is a horror movie, folks. But I'd imagine that Linda Hamilton's probably not going to get the kind of cameo that we would like. Maybe it'll be something more substantial. Uh, but who knows? That's exciting either way to see that Linda Hamilton's a part of this. Right now, no offense at all to Duffers, but my assumption is that her role is not going to be fleshed out. It's not going to be used in the way that we prefer that it's ultimately used. And that sucks. But... Getting to see Linda Hamilton back on screen is always going to be a win. Now, Stranger Things Season 5. Right now, we are very much hoping for a late 2024 release. But given the writer's strike that's going on right now and all the other strikes that are on their way to happening, it's probably looking a little bit more like 2025. So plenty of time for them to work out exactly what she's going to be doing. And in our second and final story of the night, The Blackening. Yes, I talked about that last week here on the show. A fantastic horror film and uh, another meta send-up of slashers and horror, other horror movies in general. Not like Scary Movie, which I did mention in my uh, review last week. Check it out if you want to know my exact thoughts on The Blackening. But The Blackening has managed to stir up $7 million over the Juneteenth weekend. And that might seem like a low number to all of you, but considering that the budget for The Blackening was only $5 million, that means that we're already on our way to this movie being profitable. Now folks, I don't know how long this is ultimately gonna stay in theaters because we have to realize that while it is a very much a low budget film, it's a high, pri uh, high, uh, uh, a, a high high priority low budget film is the way I would call that. But either way, this film though will probably still be in theaters for the next couple of weeks. I can't imagine it staying in much longer than that because we have Barbie coming, we have Indiana Jones coming, we have uh, Oppen Oppenheimer coming. I don't remember what the name of that fucking film is. The Nuclear Bomb movie. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But we have so many other movies coming out and right now I know the blackening I believe came in either uh, fifth or sixth for the box office this weekend. So it, it's going to get bounced out of the top ten here within the next couple weeks as it is so if it can make just a few more it, it it does all it needs to to be the success story that it deserves to be folks you do really want to check the blackening out it is hilarious and it's a nice modern retell it's a nice modern retelling of scream is what i would say like it's a different version of it but it's basically scream is the way to look at it and uh while the blood and the gore and the kills aren't there like scream brought to us it's still very meta, it's still very, very funny, and it's still gonna stand out to a lot of y'all who have not only that horror background, but that black culture background as well too. So check out The Blackening in theaters right now, folks. So, 
when we turn here from our messages, we're going to have Brooklyn 4-5 in movie reviews for you tonight. Stay tuned, folks. Hey, everybody. Looking for a great way to stay up to date on horror news as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now? Then you need to head over to the Fangoria shop and get yourself a subscription. If you go to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDW, you can use my own personalized 20% discount to save 20% off on Fangoria Magazine subscriptions as well as 20% off any other items in their fantastic shop. This is a great deal. If you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription, now is the time to do so. Head to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDEW. Welcome back to T Watches a Scary Movie, everybody. And tonight in movie reviews, I'm going to be talking Brooklyn 4-5, the latest horror film to premiere on Shudder, which is a fantastic service that you should all be subscribed to. You can subscribe to it on its own. You can also get that as a channel on Amazon Prime. Just get it, folks. It is a phenomenal way to keep up with your horror movies that are coming out. Shudder gets a lot of distribution with new horror films that are not theatrical these days. One of the best places you can spend your streaming money on. So. In 2023, you'd be forgiven for thinking that uh, we live in a time to where all of us immediately would voice our denunciation against Nazis. You know, it seems like something that would be done point blank, at, but the harsh reality is, is that we live in a world where right now, depending on who you would talk to, you might actually garner just a little bit of sympathy for them. Brooklyn 4-5 is a fantastic film that will hopefully expand your compassion, not necessarily towards Nazis, as even though it's almost 80 years later, it is still incredibly timely. Now, Ted Geogen, with assistance from his father, writes and directs Brooklyn 4-5, a story about a group of war veterans who reunite post-World War II to help a friend who's decided to conduct a uh, seance uh, a seance as a way to contact his late fiance with horrific results now this group of friend have all, friends have all had to do unspeakable things during their time in this war and that's brought up all this hidden loyalty uh, allegiances all these things that are going to be challenged over the course of the night and the script plays incredibly well when these characters are forced to look at each other and confront the dark actions that all of them have been forced to take over the course of their time in World War II. Brooklyn 45 successfully manages to maintain a neutral sense throughout, neutral status, excuse me, throughout the entire film uh, that focus, uh, forces the viewer to, uh, to determine their own standpoint with conviction or else find themselves floating just as much as our characters do. Anne Ramsey, uh, Ronnie Rames, jo uh, Jeremy Holm, Larry Fessenden, uh, uh, Ezra Buzzington and Christina Klebb make up the group of friends besieged by an otherworld presence throughout the night. Now, our director makes likely the only choice he could in making all of our characters suspicious. Enough is revealed about the group over the course of the night that we can't outright trust any of them, but 
by making the choice to conduct this seance, these five friends and this one surprise visitor end up uh, putting themselves in a place to where we as the viewers, we can't, uh, we can't actually reasonably decide who's the most trustworthy because all of these people at one point or another seem like they're the most trustworthy person in the room and at other times all of them feel like they're all hiding something detrimental to everybody else who's locked in the same room with them as well too. And again, all of them are hiding secrets, some worse than others that are there. Um, and most are looking for a way to atone for their terrible actions that were carried out throughout the war itself. And I love the fact that the movie constantly made me and I'm sure other views, viewers just rethink where their allegiances lie at, who they're choosing to believe over the course of the film itself because the movie doesn't really give us a firm answer in regards to who's right or wrong. You're gonna finish watching Brooklyn 4-5 and you're gonna feel conflicted about where you place that support. You know, do we trust this person and what they're claiming over this person and what they're claiming? It's a hard, hard, hard position, not just for these characters to be in, but for the viewer to be in. And that's one of the great successes about this film. Any movie that can really make you think about, are you trusting who's telling this story? Are you trusting who's representing you on film? Any movie that can do that is doing a fantastic job with that material because you should question what's being presented in front of you, especially if it's not just a straightforward A to Z story. Now, this movie can definitely be, means at uh, be mean at times. Um, our protagonists are commonly forced to relive the horrors of war, and even though most of them are just trying to forget the things that they've been forced to do, and some of them might have even enjoyed doing, all of them are trying to just forge these new paths for themselves. Uh, the seance proves to be the court that they'll have to be judged on before the night is through, even if they have to pay that in blood. And that's super interesting because, again, all these people have played a role in World War II when this is set right at the tail end of this war ending. And yet none of them have really had to face the atrocities that they've committed, that they've been involved with at all. There's a lot of horror just thinking about the things that all these different people have had to do over the course of this war. And the fact that this court, um, you know, usually like it's an actual court, but this court they're playing out as the court of public opinion in front of all of their friends. They're all forced to confront that over the, over the course of this night. And... You know, I talked about the fact that most of them are going to have to pay in blood. And on the topic of blood, Broken 45 uses the blood and gore very, very effectively across its runtime. It's mostly used to show the horrors of what they've all been through. And the fact that some of these people in this group kind of see all this blood and guts and, you know, torture as normalcy. That is everyday life, even though it's honestly not. And we as the audience kind of get to live in that as they're all forced to relive everything they've gone through and in some cases impart new terrors upon people who might not have seen firsthand uh, all these terrible, terrible things that have happened over the course of this war. You know, no one is taking, ple uh, taking pleasures from these acts of the past, but blind loyalty whether it's to a country or to a friend is certainly going to dictate the events that play out over the course of the night now 
Whereas a, a different film about a seance, like a host, for example, another shutter great um, about a group of friends who decide they're going to do a seance uh, over COVID, of course, um, that focused on a malevolent, uh, malevolent spirit or demon uh, who uh, honestly was looking, uh, looking to do horrible things to those who were foolish enough to conjure it. And Broken 4-5 definitely sets itself apart from films like Host and other seance films to where it's not really focusing on what these group of people end up summoning. Like, there's always an easy story in that, that you summon a demon, you summon this terrible, terrible spirit that just doesn't have the best intentions for anybody. There's always going to be a story in it. But I think that there's a better story out there to be told when we don't focus on the obvious and we instead are focusing on, again, all these ties, ties that bind these various friends. And that's really what Geogen chose to do here with this film, is focus most of this runtime on all these terrible things that bind these people together. And they're not things that we should really be, you know, I, I, happy's not the right word, but these are not things that we're necessarily proud of, especially in 2023. And I think that's hitting, uh, that's hitting a lot of us very closely because over the last few years, a lot of us have been forced to, you know, stand fast and where we are on certain political issues. And, you know, believe it or not, this is very much a political movie. Whether intentional or not, there's very much a standpoint here I feel that we're forced to look at. And I know that our, you know, our director's father, who he co-wrote this with, was was in the war. He did fight in the war and got a lot of insight from that. And who's to say whether or not this conflicted stance comes directly from him? But it kind of feels that way that it's all being passed down. Um in regards to the cast, I think that Anne Ramsey stands out in the best of ways against everywhere everybody else. Uh, she plays Maria Sheridan, and you know Maria shows herself absolutely wanting to get away from these terrible things that she's been forced to do within the war, but. It also shows that as much as she's trying to run away from all these things that she's had to do in her past, that she's also the most adept in certain places at using these things she's learned in the war to get the answers that this group so desperately needs. And we've seen Anne Ramsey in a number of things throughout the years, but for whatever reason, this just seems like a more personal role for her to play, knowing that she's having to do more of these things that uh, Maria just doesn't want to do, that she never thought that she would ever have to do again once the war has ended. Um, I don't think that Brooklyn 4-5 is going to be the thing that's going to hit big at uh, summer slumber parties. It's not some kind of glory, uh, glory, some kind of gory jump fest that we're all jumping to see and get this big enjoyment out of here. It's a very, very much focused character piece. And I think that makes it one of the better horror films of the year that we've gotten because we're getting great character work from this phenomenal cast and the writing that they're all just putting page to screen across you know this uh this runtime throughout there folks but that said if you're looking for a bit more substance then you definitely have to head over to prime video or get your shutter subscription up and running and check out brooklyn four five it's available free to rent right now folks and that's going to do it for us tonight here on t watches a scary movie 
Folks, we are coming up here on the season finale. Next week, we're gonna be talking about the best films of 2023 thus far and the week after. I'm gonna be right back talking to you just a little bit more about year two, year two of the After Dark Horror Fest, as well as some newer movies that are coming your way too. But the only way to stay up on that is to get subscribed. So hit that subscribe button, hit that like button as well too, folks, so you can make sure you're coming back each week for new reviews I have up for you. That's going to do it for me tonight now. Folks, make sure you're tuning in because, uh, again, if you're checking out my Twitch, I am streaming a lot of horror games right now. Just finished up Killer Frequency and looking to start a few more with y'all here over the next couple of weeks. Check me out, though, folks, because my name is T, and we've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.